on Leitonus, I want to go a little bit further and deeper into Leitonus. The truth is, the Pachaditchok, when he brings it down, he brings down the whole sugi of Leitonus in regard to both Parshas Yisroi and Purim. So not only is it Kishmak that we're holding in the Mesilisa Shrim at this point in time, but it's going to be a uh, good way of getting a bit of a amkis into Purim. In terms of Leitzonus, what you want to kind of figure out is a variety of different <laughs> things. We've discussed a little bit about Leitzonus and its power. We want to go a little bit deeper into how Leitzonus works and figure out a few questions which we've touched upon. For example, are they good and bad Leitzonusim? We suggested perhaps they are. Um, where would the difference between the good and bad Leitzonus lie? What makes it good? What makes it bad? Exploring the Maimah Chazal that call Leitzonusa Asura puts me Leitzonusa da Avodah When it comes to Leitzonus of Avodah it's permitted. Of everything else, it's forbidden. We have to understand the Geder Hadavar doesn't mean Dafka Avodah We discussed yesterday, perhaps not. Perhaps Avodah is just the extreme case. If so, why did the Gemara pick Leitzanusah of Avodah to illustrate the Heter? Why didn't the Gemara say, Call Leitzanusah Surah Chutz Mi Leitzanus Bedavar Ha-Ra? Why Dafka Avodah Um and then we have to go deeper into, into the whole fundamental notion of how Leitzonus Be'etzem governs a person's inner being. And this is the Chiddush that Rav Hutni is going to expand upon. And just to perhaps till the soil of your minds to two disparate koichos which exist within a man and then we'll expand upon them when we actually read through the Maimar itself. There are two disparate abilities that the human has and they are similar sounding. One is called Koyach Ha-Hilul and one is called Koyach Ha-Hilul Koyach Ha-Hilul and Koyach Ha-Hilul Koyach Ha-Hilul is the thing that you praise and Hachilul is the thing that you disdain, that you put down, that the word Chalal means empty, that you make vacuous. In response to that, we have to understand where would the Hachilul inside of a person be located and to what should it be addressed? And similarly, where does the Hachilul go and to what should it be addressed? And then we'll bring it into the idea of Amalek. That Amalek are referred to by the Medrash as Leitzonim. The Koyach of Amalek is a Koyach of Leitzonus. And hopefully the goal in this avoider that we're going to engage into is that the suga doesn't remain in this Musa room but transcends the boundaries of where we are to envelop our day-to-day 
existence. So we're starting with the Rav Hutner. It's, it's in in Pachat Yitzchok on Purim. It's the first shtikle. <coughs> Rav Hutner says as following: Reish is goyim Amalek va'achrisoy ade oivein. Amalek was the first nation, and the end will be destruction. Sefer dehach kra kachum isparish. The end part of this pasuk in regard to Amalek, which describes them as Achrisoy Ada Oiver, they will, in the end will be totally destroyed, is explained in the following way. Even though the period of the end of days will be a period whereby there will be a rectification for the nations of the world. In other words, that the entire Humanity will say Hashem Echadish Meichad. The Umayis Olam themselves will declare the unity of the Creator. Mikomokim la Amalek ainshum tikkun, but Amalek will never have any tikkun. Gambet kufas achris ayamim, even in those days. Umikivin shebet kufas uishla achris ayamim loyim tashum davrish einu masukan. And since in those times of achris ayamim, where everything will be brought to its rectified state. And Amalek can't receive the tikkun. Mimela, the tikkufa, the period of Achrisayamim, will also be the period whereby Amalek is totally obliterated. Amalek as a nation can't receive tikkun. In a world of tikkun, therefore, they can't exist. What does it mean, Achrisoy Ada Oyved? The end will be the destruction of Amalek, because of time Shadava. And the Pasuk states the reason why that's so. Because the latter part of the Pasuk is a continuation of the, of the former part of the Pasuk, which says, Because Amalek was the first of the nations, therefore they will be destroyed. What does that mean? In what Bechina is Amalek the Rashis Goyim the first? Amalek is the first nation to attack the Jews. Which means as follows. All the other nations are opposed to Israel and fight against them. In this opposition, Amalek was the first of the nations to initiate the opposition to the Jewish people in this world. It comes out explicit in the words of the verse, because they were the ones that initiated this battle against the Jewish people, that's the reason why they have no rectification even in the end of days. That's why it is because they were the Rashi's Goyim in regard to their battling the existence of the Jewish people in the world. That's why they are ultimately going to be destroyed. Because they were the first. That's why they'll get no Tikkun. Even in the time when the other nations of the world will receive a rectification for their battle against the Jews. The goal of this peace that we're about to enter into is trying to explain why that is so. 
Why was it that because they were the first ones to initiate the attack on the Jewish people that deprives them from an eternal existence, they will ultimately be destroyed and wiped off the face of this earth? Um, I'm assuming, it could be wrong, that, that anything that exists in the world only exists for like an ultimate tikkun. So do they only exist as like a tikkun for us? Good point. Let's wait and see. Parshas Mechias Amalek Smuchi Le Parshas Vishma Yisrael. Mechias Amalek, when we discuss the destruction of Amalek, it's situated, juxtaposed to Vishma Yisrael. And the Medrash says a posuk in Mishneh. The posuk in Mishneh says, Lates take ufesi yarim. The Lates, the one who's engaged in Latesonus, the mocker, the scoffer, take is hit ufesi yarim. And the fool becomes wise. Lates take says the Medrash, Zeamolek is a reference to Amolek. And the fool that became wise is Yisroi. The parasha begins by Yishma Yisroi. And the Gemara asks, My Medrash, my Shmua Shama Uva. What by Yishma Yisroi? What did Yisroi hear in order to come to become a part of the Jewish people? And Rashi quotes, it's a Machlokis in the Medrash, Milchemes Amalek. In other words, from Milchemes Amalek, Yisrael Chap, that the Jewish people are the people to cleave to. So, late Take, Kloimar, Ein Mapolosi Amalek, Moeles Loila Amalek Atzmoi. The fall, the downfall of Amalek, that they were stricken by the Jewish people in battle when they were attacked, when they attacked them, and they were then <coughs> vanquished is not for their own good. The goal of the downfall of Amalek, they have a productive purpose for those who look at their downfall, but not for Amalek themselves. In other words, late take, Amalek gets hit in Milchemes Amalek that the Jews beat them. Ufesi and Yisroi becomes wise as a result. So what was the toeles of Amalek's downfall that they produced to Yisroi? For themselves they just got, sh- they got smacked. But for someone else they produced to Yisroi. The time Since Amalek is in, defined as a Leitz, a Leitz has no Tikkun. A Leitz can never be benefited. A late, no matter how many times a late is hit, the late is not moved. But we have to understand where do we see lying in a Molek the notion of late sonus. So until now, I've witnessed presented us with a build up to the exploration of the sugya of late sonus. The sugya of late sonus is Meshach Shaykh to the sugya of a Molek. In the Midrash, the, the Midrash associates the, the getter of a late son with, with Amalek um, and as a result refers to Amalek as the late and you see the Midrash that the goal of Amalek is not for Amalek's own rectification. Amalek 
is hit, yet Pesi Yarim, Yisrael becomes wiser. The goal of Amalek's downfall is it's productive to others but not to themselves, which makes sense. Because a Leitz, who's a Be'etzem Leitz, who's essentially a Leitz, has no future. You can never help him. He will be destroyed ultimately. Continues Rav Hutton and says, Be'ilchas Leitzanus Shaninu. In the laws of Leitzanus we learned, Kol Leitzanus Asira, Chutzmi Leitzanus Davoy Dezora. Any kind of Leitzanus is prohibited. The exception to this rule is the Leitzanus of Avoid Zorah. Vahaloi Boru, the Heter Zeshal Leitzanus, Nemaru Bechol Pratel Shalatzadara. Says Rav Hutna, it's absolutely obvious that Leitzanus doesn't refer specifically the Heter to do Leitzanus, to mock something, is not limited to mocking pagan worship. Fat, fat little men sitting on men with big pudgy tummies sitting looking smiley that's a vadai mutter but maybe it goes as we discussed yesterday to mocking people who could keep chumras in a destructive fashion Leitzanus al-Lachari should be limited to avoid Zorah avoid Zorah is one aspect where Leitzanus is relevant but it's not all because any Leitzanus of Dovara anything which is not which is untoward should be mocked does that mean that is avoid Zorah? Pratav Shal should refer to anything which has a side of evil in it, an aspect of evil in it. The Bavadai Mutadis Lot says, Mikomashu Shara, you can make a mockery of any, even the minuscule point of Ra. Kumashu Shara. If you see something, something which is a little bit Ra, you make a late sonus of it. You can make a late sonus of it. So, the photos are just like the, like the ultimate example. Do you want you to take over or do you want to wait? Okay. Thank you. We call Bechinas Avil, and you can make a mock of any type of misdeed. If so, it's a bit strange, Shmulik, why the Chachamim picked out Leitzonus Zara. They should have said it as we initially began the year with in a much more general sense. It should say Leitzonus is also when it's aimed at an appropriate situation and it's permitted when it's aimed at an inappropriate situation. So why do they somehow connect it into Avodah Avodazora, what the implication is there's something special, there's something unique that combines Leitzanusa and Avodazora that Dafka there is the most apt place to express the heter of Leitzanus. Favos Fregech. Roberto. Good. 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 You sure? Adam? Vamafteach, the Indians are named to a bit of a rabbin yoyna. Ala kos of Mitzarev le Kesev, for Kulazav, for Ish le Fima Halaloi. There's a Pasuk in Mishle. The Pasuk in Mishle says, Mitzarev le Kesev, a refining. A refinement plant is needed to refine silver, the kur and a furnace to refine gold, the ish and the man according to his praise. So the Gemara lists three different ways of sorting out the dregs, the dross from the essence. In in metals, there's the impurities in the metal which need to be refined in the processing of the metal 
and the different metals require different processes. Silver requires one process and gold another in order to get rid of the dross, the dregs, the what is not needed. If you want to get, in other words, to refine, to, to distill, that would be the best way of describing it, to distill the quality of a given, given object, so each object requires a different distillation process. How do you distill the essence of man? If you'd like to put on your x-ray spectacles and see Chaimke deep into the hearts of those around you, what type of spectacles will give you that x-ray vision to know what they're all about in the deepest sense of the word? <laughs> Says the Pasuk in the Mishnah, Ish lefi mahaleloi. The simple translation is, and the man according to his praise, meaning by a person's praise, the praise that he receives, the adulation that is given to him, you'll be able to get access to his essence. Says the the simple understanding of the verse is You can recognize a person by the compliments which are paid to him. If everyone compliments him for being a generous man, so you can know he's generous. If they say he is wise, you can know he's wise. If they say he's adept at Tai Chi, you know he's a master at body control. And Rabbeinu Yonah comes and he says, that's not the way to understand the Pasuk. And this Rabbeinu Yonah is going to serve as a key for us to understand the relationship between Leitzonus to Amalek and the relationship of Leitzonus being expressed as being permitted dafka in regard to Avodah how fascinating. This Pasuk is the clue according to Rabbeinu Yoyna's understanding. And how does Rabbeinu Yoyna depart from the Pashtus in order to say his new understanding? He comes to exclude that and says that's not true. The fact that people compliment a man in a particular way is not distillation of his being. People's compliments can be off the mark. That will not tell you who the man is. Many people are praised for things which is not what they are essentially. You have people that are praised at being great Baalei Chesed. Yet in their homes, which is the ultimate barometer of whether they are Baalei Chesed or not, they can often be neglectful of their families. And therefore, the praise is not indicative at all. Of what a person is. So says Rabbeinu since I understand the world and I see how misleading compliments are, the Pshat in the Pasuk can't be that. He has a license to override the simple understanding and suggest a deeper understanding in the words of this Pasuk and he says the following thing. A man according to his praise 
Hainu mitoich ma'ashi Adam mahalel. It's not what other people praise him for, but what he praises in others. Not that you can distill the nature of a man by what others say about him, but rather you could distill the nature of the man by the way he speaks about others. Who does he venerate? Who does he praise? If you see him praising and you hear, and of course you, you can't, you have to catch this person off guard, and not when he's premeditated in his praises, but when he's walking on the street and a man who can lift six trucks with his left hand because his puppy is a full-grown Great Dane and the man looks and he says, wow, what a beautiful body. So even though the person passing the comment is a certified wimp, it means that his essence is he values bodybuilding. If a person walks down the street and he says, whoa, check out that new Lexus, tinted windows, leather seats, V6 engine. So it means that that's where his desire lies. In other words, from where you compliment, from what you get excited about, to what impresses you, to what you venerate and adulate, is the ultimate indication of what you are yourself. And that's the pshat. Cool! Sorry. Metzaref le kesef. For kesef you need a metzaref for silver. For gold you need a kur. And for a man, ishlefi mahalaloi. Look at what he praises. And then you'll know who he is. Says Rabbeinu Yitzchak Kutna. Vazel Shonin Shor Rabbeinu Yonah. I beg your pardon, Rabbeinu Yonah. Taka. If he praises the good deeds, the wise, and the righteous, Taida, you can know, and you have tested and verified, and the source of righteousness is in him. And even though it may be that he has hidden sins, he loves justice. And a person that praises disdainful acts and adulates wicked people, he's a rush, even though he to the naked eye appears to be a big tzaddik and he does mitzvahs and he's got a long frack and big curly payers and a long grey beard but if you look to his essence you see rotten to the core uh, 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 uh. continues and he says should Taka see there what he says if you want to put to test the nature of a person if you want to see into the mensch and you want to know who is that mensch Rav changes it around he says the movement of himself making himself bottle and nulling himself to some greater than him where does that incline where does he look back in awe at someone else and say, I'm nothing in comparison to him. At what point in time does he feel that expression? When does a person say, wow, he's amazing. I'm in awe of that. I feel very small in relation to that person. So obviously you, small, you feel small in the relation to what you think is big. 
And therefore you can have a person that goes next to a great Torah sage and he says, I feel like nothing. You can have another person that feels completely, completely above the Torah sage. Because he's, look at him. Look at his pathetic house. He doesn't even have three bedrooms. Gornished. Put that same person next to a man that owns a gigantic mansion and he'll feel like nothing. So when you feel like nothing in regard to another, which means you praise the other in the deeper sense of the word, so where you're tnuas hisbatlus, where you are misbatel, that's an indication of what you are. The tnuas hisbatlus shela adam noivasi mikoyach akores achashivus. What you are mevatel yourself to is a description of what you hold to be importance. In regard to how important you view something, you'll be mevatel to it. If a person says, Ah, this guy, he's an amazing tennis player. I mean, look at his forearm. Astonishing. The speed, the power. It means that that's what's choshev to you. If you don't have a love of tennis, you say, what do you mean? Look at his right hand. It's much bigger than his left hand. <laughs> ah, pathetic. Looks awkward. <laughs> and therefore, the essential question we need to ask when testing where a person lies, when I have this ability to recognize what's important, in which way? Where, does it, where do I see that power, that strength, coming to being. It could be, says Rav Hotnam, you'll have two people in front of us. You have a person, his mom is a masmid, a mechadesh, a lamden, yedetog, zitzdem weiz bedresh, unlerd, unhoverwendin teire. Really puts everything he's got into his learning. The second guy, he barely makes his way into base measures. But despite this, our first learned Avrech Stimmel, who's sitting there steiging away, what happens when a rich man walks into the room? How does he react? All of a sudden, he feels completely humbled to this rich man, and he looks up to him with big eyes. But if a big Rosh Hashiva walks into the room, a big Tommy Chochem, nah, he doesn't get, doesn't get affected. The Gvir walks in all of a sudden, whoa, look who's come in. There's talk, there's excitement. The Rosh Hashiva comes in, another Rosh Hashiva. And contrast to this, Mason Anu Etzlasheni. By the second person who doesn't really learn that much, when he meets a Talmud Chochem, he feels completely nothing in regard to this Talmud Chochem. In that situation, Rabbeinu Yoni is teaching us, even in regard to the effort placed in Talmud Torah, the level of the first is much higher than the second. Rabbeinu tells us a secret, secret that the person who learns all day is far from Torah in relation to the person that's misbattled to Talmud Even though he learns a Mishnah a day. 
So if a person who learns, he understands, he learns, he, he could know all of Shas. And he's far from Torah. And if a person that could learn, and he could be, if you put on your x ray spectacles, he's mamish hugging the Torah day and night. The first guy could be just arrogant. He could still value Torah. He just misvalues himself as being cleverer than, than he is. The, if he has, again, if Gaiva gets in the way of his battles, it must mean that he doesn't hold that person to be Choshev. He holds himself to be Choshev. If he values Torah, so his Gaiva wouldn't interrupt. It, I, even the biggest ballet Gaiva. If you have a person who's a big Balgaiva in the sport that he plays and he's in contact with a real maestro, my experience, it's not statistically proven, is that he's misbattled to the maestro. He, when you realize that the person is so great to the, so if he's in competition, it's different. But you have a person who's in a different league. He doesn't try to misbattle him. He says, no, that guy is just in a different league. No? Hasn't that been your experience on the soccer field? Not. When you see like when you see a a, a brilliant player, do you think oh, I'm almost as good as him, or do you think that guy is much amazing? You're not giving him the body language. Re- react, Rob. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying you 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 try to play soccer, don't you? Do you think that is a marshal? I'm better. Well, could it, could it not be that his vision is blurred, that he can't see in this time of He doesn't know what... He don't, really, he does uh, praise things like um, sensitive, to, sensitive to others, but he doesn't see it as man yet. He just he, sees it. We're assuming that he sees it, right? Okay, right. V'im kwech hakores ha-chashivus shela adam mechuvenu l'toyah If this kwech of directing your value of importance is directly in the direction of Torah it will bring you to Torah much more so than actual limud itself so what a person has to develop if you really want to get close to Torah Chaim if you really want to get close to Torah so actually Torah is not the most important thing you need you need the value of Torah the value of how important Torah is it's commonplace. You get two people in midlife. The first one devoted his early years to Torah. And the other, he went into business as a young man. And now when they're in their middle ages, it's actually that it, it becomes turned around. The first person that's now learning and he's an Avrech, he's got 10 kids and he can't support them, he has regret that he spent his time learning Torah. Whereas the same, the Balabos, who suddenly realizes he's halfway through his life and he knows very little, he has such deep regret that he never spent his time learning Torah. The second person is way closer to Torah than the, than the first. Afal Pisha Arishon Boki Bashas. Vahasheni Einoi Yodaya Klum. Wow. Those are the words of Rav Hutna. It's not my words. Afal Pisha Arishon Boki Bashas. Vahasheni Einoi Yodaya Klum. You see that Torah is not about information at all. You can have all the information. It's about the Tzuras Hanefesh Adam. Where is your Kirch HaKoros HaChashivas going? And therefore, if a person manages to master the Talmud and he leaves his yeshiva years 
extremely well versed in skills, but his Hakaris HaChashivas HaTorah is not on a high level, he's done nothing. If on the other hand he learns very little, but he walks away with an elevated sense of HaChashiv Torah is, and it's a magnificent thing, so then he's close to Torah. The truth is, when he feels that way, the chance are he'll invest more time in his learning. But even if he doesn't, so now we've been introduced to what's called the the power to praise. The because the praise of a man is an expression of what on your hierarchy of values you deem as important, which is descriptive of who you are as a person. Okay, so that's going to be our introduction to exploring the Sugya of Leitzonus.